Hey, you listen to the Country Chat with Dom podcast, and it's me, Dom. Thank you for tuning in today. This episode is with Tennessee twin Jeff and Victoria. Now, during the actual chat, we seem to have had a little bit of a glitch. I'm not sure what's exactly happened, but when listening through to make sure it sounds good, for some reason, the microphone hasn't really picked up Victoria very well. You can hear Jeff pretty clearly, and throughout the show, he re-clarifies what Victoria has been saying, so you can get the full gist of the conversation. Now, it was easier for me because I could lip read and I could actually hear um, the majority of Victoria, but for some reason it hasn't saved properly in the file. So I am looking forward to speaking with Victoria and Jeff again in the near future, and hopefully it'll be a in-live, in-person interview. So throughout this, you'll probably hear quite a bit of static, particularly in the first half of the show. Now, that was when I was trying to adjust all the gain levels to see if I can improve the mic qualities. So I do hope it hasn't detrimented the quality of the conversation because we had such an amazing chat. So I look forward to speaking with Victoria and Jeff again in the near future and be sure to stick around as well for that one. I hope you all enjoy the show. You're listening to the Country Chat Podcast with your host, Dom. Subscribe, give a five-star rating and follow us on Twitter at country underscore chat and stay up to date. Hi there, this is the Country Chat Podcast with me, Dom. Today I'm coming back to the UK and I'm speaking to a fantastic duo. The names of Tennessee Twin. Hi, Tennessee Twin. Hello. Don't worry, I won't call you Tennessee Twin throughout the whole night. It'll be Jeff and Victoria. <laughs> now, we've just been chatting about life in general, and obviously we're going through this kind of situation now where we're getting towards the latter end of this kind of pandemic, hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, and we're starting to like plan for the future. And we're kind of going into this phase now where it's like, okay, then we're things are decreasing you know the numbers of deaths and cases are decreasing which is amazing and people are now starting looking to book gigs have you got anything in the very near future not the very near future we really dare at the moment mm-hmm. but we have got some festivals booked uh, for September October time so we can have things possible but we individual gigs at the moment yeah, I, th- I think a lot of the smaller venues, the tent of the sort of acoustic venues and the folk clubs and those kinds of things have deliberately held back. You know, they've got so close so many times and had to kind of recoil a bit. They're all a bit gun shy and that's completely understandable. And, and whilst, you know, we're perfectly happy doing live streams and things and actually audiences, you know, we did wonder as things start to open up whether audiences would start to, start to tail off. Yeah. Uh, but actually, I think because of the times of, Day we've done it, and because it's been through the winter, where you know people aren't, aren't rushing to go out anyway, um, you know audiences have been pretty good. So yeah, we're certainly looking forward to the festivals come next week, come the autumn. Um, but as for other gigs, you know we'll take them as they come. Now, just before we actually came on, uh, we was talking about Nash um, about about a gig that you did just before lockdown started. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, can, can you repeat the story for everybody else? Because it's such an amazing story. I mean, I'm, I'm. It's almost like you could write a thriller, a movie over it. Well, it, weirdly, the last Tennessee Twin gig we did before lockdown was before the first lockdown. Yeah. But back in tail end of uh, February last year was uh, Nashville Calling. 
And at that time, it was in Brentwood, and we were on with Hannah Paris, obviously, who's family organized it. Uh, Rashino Hagen uh, was opening, um, and Morgan Way, the headliner. Yeah. Great, yeah. fabulous night. Everybody had a, a super duper time. It was packed in there. So when it came to kind of sort of open up again in October, I want to say, um, Rick from National Calling contacted and said, look, we can't have four bands on. Would you like to headline a new venue in Harlow? Would you guys headline the first night? We've got three or four after that book to the tail end of the year, but would you headline the first night? We're, of course, we we're about 40 minutes up the road. Perfect. We really like those guys. So off we, off we trotted um, down to the venue. Little did we know, we only found out kind of on the day before we did the gig, that we, of course, had to finish at 10 p.m. because that's what venues had to do last summer. Um, Essex, where the gig was, shut down that night into level four at 12 p.m. So it was the fastest pack up, jump in the car and run away. Yeah, it was <laughs> But it was great because so many of our friends from around the country, particularly south, because obviously you can only travel so far in those conditions, people like DC Brown, like James Vince from Live in the Living Room, John Chocotes, a whole bunch of people who really, really support the UK country scene, just yeah. drove and just came, you know, whatever it took, they just came. <laughs> and it was just brilliant to see them all. I mean, it, it, like you say, you know, with like DC Brown, DC Brown's commitment to UK country in general is phenomenal. I'm I'm so glad he won the Bells and Gals, you know, Bells and Gals award just for his sheer dedication. Yeah, he's either done the tech or he's, he's popped up in the chat and said, "Hi oh, guys," yeah. <laughs> and it's such an unassuming chap. I and mean, we we didn't know he'd actually videoed us twice at different gigs before lockdown. We never even met him. I never came and said hello. Uh, once at the first national court, once at Bedford Ballon. Um, and uh, just going into lockdown one, the, um, we started doing these live streams with uh, Donna Marie and uh, Sarah Yeo, Song Stores Collective, and we kind of didn't know how that started, but not really. Very funny. Something on Twitter happened. Between Donna, we knew Donna before, and uh, and then sort of invited Sarah, and then Danny just said, "Oh, I'll do, you know, on Twitter, this is all live organising it, at, you know, in real time." So oh, I'll do the tech for you. So yeah, <laughs> we said, "Oh, we'll do like one. If that goes well, we'll maybe do three or four. And that ran for fourteen weeks, every Sunday, come what may. And it got to the point where we were writing a new song between episodes to feature the next week. Yeah. 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 Sometimes that was easy. And other times, there was one particular week, and I, and I, the, the song that came out of it actually is going on a new album, so that works out quite well. But so we sat up on a Saturday night. And writing the writing stuff. We came out with two ideas and we kind of nearly had both finished. We thought, geez, we've got to play this tomorrow. You know, let's just go to bed and we'll go up in the morning and finish it off. Well, we both woke up with a bit of a grump. Yeah. And it's sort of like, do you like either of those? And we're like, no. <laughs> so by 11 a.m., we still didn't have a song. So we wrote it in a space of about an hour and um, it's called Destination is Home. 
Okay. And, uh, and, and you, you played it live that afternoon, and it's going to be on the new app. So, <laughs> so it's a bit kind of seat of the pants, but you know, it was fun. <laughs> Can you do uh, whereabouts is the mic placed? Um, just when. Oh, it- do you want me to bring it forward a bit? Uh, just towards, sorry, just because when you was just uh, talking then, it just came a bit... F- you know, I'm not sure I can put it in the front, so let me have a... You can move it forward. Victoria, like I said, Victoria is not very loud. You need to be like, I'm going to go over here. <laughs> How's that? So, yeah, DC is just, I mean, I just, I, I'm, I'm always speechless. I mean, I was... You know, I could. I said exactly what I wanted to say on the actual awards stream, and you know, the amount of effort he does for everybody is at this world. And just your live streams have just been amazing. And I mean, I remember first seeing you on Carl Kendrick's SW20's Spring Festival. Oh, that's right. And I just thought, wow, these oh. these two are just like the face of country music here in the UK. Oh. Carl is another one who has come to the fore in his support of everything you know he's done over the last year or so for country music and you know organising things with Carl is an absolute delight you know it's always absolutely brilliant uh, we've got another one coming up yeah another stream and uh, you know it's been it's made no secret in what's got that's on some live you know things eventually and stuff like that and, so going forward then you just mentioned mentioned a new album <laughs> snuck that in yeah but the album was supposed to be out last summer and we're going to be in the Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but we have got back to it now. We've got four songs in Yeah, we've got two in the can, four four more in, in, in the works and um three in the time actually and, and four more and, and then we've got another bunch of four or five coming after that it's, it's a funny thing because you know we like to record the rhythm section of the band together because there's just something there's a tightness there's a flow there's a rhythm that comes out when you have you know three or four people performing together in the studio that you just can't get by sending tracks hither and thither over the internet saying can you put a face on this and guitar on that um, but we did do one that way. Um, we recorded single middle last year with every story, and we did it that way. Literally, you know, we just sent some scratch tracks, and then over to the drummer who did it, and then uh, that went to the bass player, and that went to the guitarist, and Darth Darling carried on. And it, it, it turned out absolutely fine, but it's not the way we, we prefer to record. So at the moment, we're still doing a bit of that, um, but we, yeah, we can't wait to get the guys back in the studio. When we, when we all play together, there's just a vibe that comes out. It's just, um, it just, it just can't come Yeah. Now, the key thing that we're actually here for isn't just for the album. I mean, to try and get any little bits of tidbits on the album. 
It's because you've got a song coming out very, 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 very soon. Yes, we do. Yes, we have a new single out called Brand idea that you know no matter how strong you are as a couple or as two friends or whatever it is that you know your relationship with somebody there are always those times where you just have a bit of a barney about something and um that you have a disagreement you have a difference of opinion and it gets a bit heated probably more so than normal especially <laughs> if you have a couple of beers and then you kind of go to your separate ends of the house and you kind of sit and sulk for a bit and you realize after you've all calmed down that one of is going to have to be the one to go, yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. and, and kind of make the first move. And, and that's what, that is about, written about that moment. So go on then. I'll, I'll go for the cliche question. When you're writing songs, do you write songs based on true experiences that's happened with you? A lot of the time, yes. I, I prefer to do that. I think, so. I, think if I was an actress, which I would never be terrible, but if I was, I'd have to be a method actress. So yes, when we write, we do, I'd say 90% of the time is, is based on, not necessarily on our own truths, but maybe on the truth of observed, Yeah, um, that, that, the, the, inter- now there are a couple of exceptions. So for example, every story, we, was not about that. Yeah. Um, it was prompted by something that happened to us a few years earlier, just the idea that, you know, particularly with social media, that, you know, one person can say something on social media, particularly if there two people don't agree about something. And if you don't hear the other side of the story, the other person, you know, weirdly topical, bearing in mind the whole royal thing that's going on at the moment, one party has been very vocal and the other party has been very quiet. And you, But you always know there's two sides to that story. Yeah. Um, and I think the more the older you get, the more mature you get, the more you realise that very quickly and think, well, OK, we're hearing that, but what's, what's going on? So that, that was, apart from the basic idea, that was all, all basically made up. So that talks about three different people that come into the restaurant with three very different, you know, people watching stories. That one's about. Um, well, yeah, I mean, Destination Home is basically, um, you know, years gone past. I've done a lot of international traveling for those things, and those are all three things that actually happened. You know, yeah. just just bent slightly just to make them you know, right. Stuff, but 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 basically, they're all real. They were real days that are where real things happened. The reason why I asked that question predominantly because I'm going to divert away from future music to hold my hand. Oh yeah, 
Now, hold my hand. I don't know if you know which line I'm going to pull out from it, but it was um, red stains on the wall from where you drew a hat. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, that's reality. Yeah. It's, I, mean, I did bend it slightly. It's actually the table, dining table. Yeah. It's actually a big party, but I didn't mind to play. So yeah, I tried to throw a table before, but yes, that, that's what I did. Oh. I remind that quite often. <laughs> <laughs> you see, as, 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 touching as that is i just picture like a a really frustrated person trying to clean it up and trying to get rid of the stains <laughs> that is the absolute truth that that's exactly the reality <laughs> i mean the thing i find crazy you know not just in music but in life you know how seriously we can take something at the time but afterwards it's when you really look back and you think actually that was really sweet that was really cute yes yeah it's my it is, and the, the great thing about that is, as the kids get older, you know, he's obviously written about our too. Um, as the kids get older, I, you know, they're going through that phase of kind of teenage kind of. It's very embarrassing. <laughs> but as the you know my two are, are a bit older, and and they're kind of looking at it a bit more, kind of like. Okay. Yeah, I kind of see what the way this is going. You know, they'll be very attractive. You know, but as they get older, they kind of start to get. Yeah. Oh, that—that's just. I mean, I—I'm—I'm—I'm I'm, I'm, again. I'm speechless. It's just so cute. It's just so. I remember. I remember doing stuff like that as a kid as well. And at the time, you th- you think it's all innocent. Oh, you're making a nice, pretty picture, and you think you're doing something nice and cute. And at the time, <laughs> straight away, as soon as you show someone, it's like next thing you know, you're being told off. It's like ah. Oh. <laughs> but you know, it, it's you know, like I say, you know, you always look back on things like that, and you you think, oh, you know, if if you could go back to those times where it was all sunshines and daisies and buttercups and. It's it's funny how I've heard this a few times but it's certainly packed out that's the more personal you make something the yeah. the more universal it's is to be. Because the things that happen to us as human beings tend to happen to most people. It's a pretty rare thing that happens to one individual and never anybody else. So, you know, everybody that might have a slightly different version in their head, but you know, hopefully it brings back you know, memories, happy, sad, you know, all sorts of memories of that people have happened. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, we, songs, if you, if you put music out there, you do that for other people, not yourself. Yeah. You know, it, it's hopefully it means something to those people. Well, that, that's it. I mean, you know, we're, cre- as musicians, you know, you tend to create something that people can, either relate to or attach themselves to you know whether it's positive or negative and you're creating a medium for people to share you know whether it's sharing the love or sharing the heartache or sharing the sorrow you know a way for somebody to connect with you and you know at the same time being able to express openly you know almost like writing a diary and writing your thoughts like a journal should I say not so much a diary but a daily journal and to give people these the, the experience that everybody is the same in one way, you know, not the same, same, because obviously everybody's different, but the fact that 
what we might think is, you know, to ourselves is a mistake or you've done something wrong to somebody else that's day-to-day life. Yeah, we had some Was. That, that was a real, it, it was one we almost didn't put on because it, it's very personal. And, you know, again, it was, it, we, we practiced the last one on the, on the EP and it, it kind of tailed, you know, ends, ends the EP. And it's just, you know, guitar, vocal, and a bit pedestal and very delicate little song. It's a song we don't often play live because it's so small and delicate. You've got to have the right sort of environment to kind of get, to get away with it. Yeah, and um, I, I knew we kind of got that about right because um, September, not oh, eighteen months ago, September twenty nineteen. Twenty nineteen. Um, yeah, we did a gig up in the uh, yeah in Sheffield, rather with Hezzy um, Gill and Gareth Nugent, and uh, I think one of the nicest compliments we've ever had for that song was when we were playing it, and if we were playing in the round and we had luck. Small intimate audience and just little tea lights, and you know, really lovely. And uh, Tessie in front of everybody said, You know, that was so good. I almost felt like you were so close that I shouldn't be here. <laughs> and, I, <laughs> and I thought, I didn't quite get that at the time. The more I thought about it afterwards, I thought, Yeah, that kind of how that song feels. You know, it's, it's kind of you're almost guarded about it, but 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 really pleased we put it out because, as I said, our friends said, with you, you know, it's just our song. Yeah. See, today on Arc Radio, ARC with Simon Bird and Charlotte Elizabeth, Morning Live with Simon, I, they played a song which features yourselves, Kezia Gill, and Gareth Nugent. <laughs> that was Country from Rose. that gig, Country Rose, yeah. That was just really off the cuff. We, we ran it once, yes. just as a giggle, before, as a sound check. Yeah. And Simon's like, uh, you're doing that, right, at the gig? I'm like, well, okay. <laughs> there were some, yeah, just wonderful, wonderful people there. And, you know, we, we'd not met Kezia before, and we'd not met Gareth before. We'd spoke to Simon many times and done a couple of interviews with him, but they were actually met Oh no, that's right. We went to this time. Yeah, and, and weirdly, is it weird connections to things that are happening now? Um, we were supposed to rerun that gig um, two days before we went into lockdown the first time. Yeah, uh, that was supposed to be on the Thursday night as we went into lockdown. That yeah, Friday school shut, and then then it was that was done. And we got to sort of about three days before, and it was all looking very flaky and dodgy. And we sort of WhatsApp chat. And it's like, what do we do here, folks? And I forget it was. And said, look, I think we probably got the camps and postpone it. Because at the time, we thought, oh, yeah, we'll put it off to like that. <laughs> yeah. You do like to cut things close, though. You know, another gig to be so close to the lockdowns. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, that that time, we had the cupboard stocked with whiskey because they were all going to come stay here at night after the gig. <laughs> Obviously, down, you know, where we are in Cambridge. And so we just had to drink the whiskey out of the bottle. Yeah, yeah, so you never know. We might just sort of persuade everybody to go, do you know what, to say, you know, up yours to COVID and it's finally done. We'll actually be back here. <laughs> yeah, oh, I just I, I can't wait. I can't wait to to go out and go to a gig and just let your hair down and listen to some live music. Just, I mean, I love the live streams. I love the facts, you know, the efforts that so many artists, including yourselves, have gone through to make sure there's still live music out there for people, particularly stuck in their own homes. Because there's so many people out there that, you know, they don't have the kind of engineering jobs or the key worker jobs where you've got to go, you, can, you know, you can't work from home. And it's, it's a form of escapism, you know, to be able to provide, you know, to have music for you. Yeah, there's, there's lots of experimentation going on about how, you know, one of, one of the first initial issues, uh, you know, I've worked in sound for most of my life, and, uh, myself and a couple of other people, like, uh, like Chris from the Rising, you know, have, have like WhatsApp chats about how can you do this better? How can you, you know, write in the old days of How can you get audio better? How can you get video better? And I ended up doing some YouTube videos to you know, help artists kind of hear some things to think about. And, you know, sound and lighting, just for an internet is one of the big deals, of course. And so, and, but over the period, you can see all of the artists as they tend to be pretty innovative. I've worked out like this room in the house works best sonically and lighting wise. This is how to best do it on my laptop connected to the internet. Please have <laughs> get the best sound I can get in my house. So the, the quality of strings, you know, just for the technical has got a lot easier. But of course, also the confidence, because, you know, when, when you've done 10 or 20 of them and you, you know, nothing's gone wrong, there's still that little bit that can always go wrong. But you can't think, okay, this will be fine, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there's lots of experimentation going and, and you know, people trying you know, paid gigs and things like that online. And, you know, that's a tougher, tougher ask. Uh, but, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's some inmates, particularly bigger artists that are, you know, experimenting. There's, I think, um, Taylor, the last summer, Laura Marley, did one in one of her big, one of the London chat. Um, and, you know, it's full production, you know, full broadcast quality, this, that, and the other, and uh, tenor or something. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think we did that. Obviously, a lot of Now, I'm looking in the, in the background, mm-hmm. and on your, like, um, your, like, cabinets, to the right-hand yes. side, are they just, is that just paperwork, or is that vinyl? It kind of reminds me of, you know, the old vinyl... Shelvings that you used to be able to get, and you know, where you used to store it. What what is there? It, uh, it's sheet music. Yeah. How much sheet music do you have? Like. We're both collectors of things. That's that's a lot, isn't it? Should I show Dom your best, my favourite of her music? I'm, I'm going to go find this. This is not very good playing. Oh, no. 
So Victoria is a is is an official Essex and a lot of her family come from the East End of London. So we actually have a kind of Cockney pub sing around the piano piano book somewhere. Else. <laughs> I bet Christmases are amazing. Oh, can you imagine? <laughs> haven't, haven't quite gone there yet, but <laughs> makes me laugh. The goal of it hasn't been. Yeah, we'll see Dave. What's that? There you go. And who was the other guy you said the other day? Oh, the guy. Um, in the Lord's Array. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Stars. <laughs> okay. Now, now that I've said that, we need to organise like a, not so much a festival or a gig, but almost have like a stage with a piano. Christmas time, Christmas Eve or Christmas Day. And we need you up there playing some Christmas songs, and everybody. Proper keyboards. <laughs> that that yeah. proper Christmas yeah. little festival going. You're a big Christmas fan. I love. I absolutely adore Christmas. Victoria starts her Christmas shopping. Well, you must have started already. In March. <laughs> I mean, you know, when we first got together, I, I could easily get to the beginning of December before Bob. Yeah. And now I'm getting to September and starting to feel nervous. <laughs> oh, I mean, the past the past year or so has been rather different, you know, in terms like Christmas. I mean, I've still got some Christmas presents downstairs that I need to deliver still because <laughs> I, I haven't been able to go to families' houses because of yeah. their shielding and... I was supposed to go just after when we started to reopen back up in January and everything just went back into a second, you know, a third lockdown and it was like, Oh great. So when can I deliver these? And it's yeah. I hopefully, hopefully soon. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Obviously it's just, we just don't know that if everything comes up, it's my summer. I should have bought shares in brews. <laughs> Ahead of the summer, yes, you know, and barbecue items, barbecues and things. But this, I think, this might be somewhat a boozy summer. <laughs> yeah, I get it, but it certainly will be an hour. What is your favourite drink then? I know you're having a nice glass of red wine. We do. We have a. We have a, a jack. We will occasionally, because we've got the studio here, occasionally we'll sort of on a Saturday, late on a Saturday, so we'll just set all the mics up and, and just press the record at, at about 11 o'clock for the Bobby Jack Daniels and just record stuff. It's mostly nonsense at the end of it, obviously. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but it is quite fun. It's just sitting booze away. So, yeah, I like beer, though, I have to say. Sadly, not very. Now, I'm going to ask this now. I normally ask this right at the end. And I don't know if you ever look at, like, the conversations I have with Linda Conway over on Twitter Mm -hmm. from Voice of a Woman. 
Now, I'm a fan of pineapple and pizza. Ah, yes. <laughs> well, you made Well, Linda and I had a conversation about that. I think it was in the middle of a live stream, which is not unusual. But, <laughs> you see, a few years ago, I said, I said, I'm fortunate enough to travel the world quite a bit. And um, a few years ago, I was invited to go and teach uh, some classes down in Johannesburg. Yeah. And um, a good friend of ours went... Is a, is a South African native that's lived over here uh, a long time. And she was on the trip and she said, one night I'm going to order pizza. We were staying in a big ranch house and it, it was it's just the most amazing place. So she ordered these pizzas and said, this one you have to try. And it was bacon and banana. You see, that sounds so good to me. Oh, well, at the first it was like, you know, because I, I'm not a fan of pineapple on pizza, I have to say. I mean, I'll eat it very good. I my choice. So, so the whole banana thing is a bit sweet and in that direction. I have to tell you, bacon and banana, you have to try it. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah. to me it sounds great. I, 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 for those that don't know yet, I used to work part-time at Domino's as a delivery driver. Oh, cool. yeah. And part of the training, um, just before you start, it's really, really intense training actually. It's so many online courses you have to complete. And it starts teaching you about different cultures throughout the world for the different dominoes. And it was like, you know, throughout, particularly around the Caribbean, it's, you know, the plantains, you know, the bananas that they have on pizzas. And in like Thailand and Taiwan and all those kind of Philippine, you know, Filipino countries, that's got, you know, you, you can have noodles on your pizzas, just things that you think's crazy, you know, we think's crazy here. It's just so normal there. And to me, I'd try, I mean, I like... I like pretty much everything. The only thing I won't ever eat is olives, I think. And oh. <laughs> here we go. That's one of my favorites. Well, black olives. I mean, I'll, I'll eat them. I like black olives. But it's the weird, weird uh, when you travel, you kind of find out these really weird things. Like, yeah. for example, the best coffee in the world is in Australia. Australia? They are, yes. They are absolutely mad coffee. And I have to say, the coffee you get served over there, particularly, you know, espressos and things, you know, in Italy and Spain and places like that are absolutely amazing. Yeah. But if you want any coffee with milk in Australia, New Zealand is the place to go. Um, so much so, they look down their nose at all of the chunks that eat. And so, yeah. And um, another thing I learned, I didn't realise, Nando's is not Portuguese at all. It's actually South Africa. Yeah, that. I don't know where I saw, I think I saw that on Facebook one day. Just mm. one of the many days of just trawling, scroll, 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 because it's been that boring at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 I find that fascinating, the fact that it's not Portuguese. It, you instantly go peri-peri Portuguese. The whole kind of feel of the restaurants is very Portuguese. But yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy the kind of diversity around the world with food. Now, the last, the last question that I normally ask... Is what would you say these are? A cake or a biscuit? Oh, uh, yeah, that's it. So, yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that one. See, I have to have to, I have somewhat of a family professional interest in this because my grandfather and some generations before him were bakers. Yeah, and we were always taught that stale cake. Those hard, those soft. So therefore, it's got to be 
there we go. There we go. I mean, if you listen to this now and you're thinking, oh my God, Dom, what, what are you on about? You know, it's always been a biscuit. Professional advice here, it is a cake. It is going to be a cake. Absolutely. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So when we move. Mm-hmm. Uh, every stop of the way, which is absolutely brilliant. And it first spoke to Sarah about it through Sergio, who, who was a fellow Exeter resident, uh, yeah, put us in touch. So we had a pedal school play like you had, but uh, they can't afford to come. It's kind of like, who do you know? And then Sergio suggested Sergio, because we didn't know, know Olsen at this point. Um, so uh, we got in contact, said, well, can you send us the songs I've had listening? We sent it down to me. And um, yeah, just she's one of those people that when you work with, the difficulty is not what's going to come back, it's the fact that she'd send a few ideas back and you want them. Yeah. 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 If it's, I, I could have put easily put three like steel parts of it, which wouldn't have worked in any way, shape, or form, but they were all just so fabulous. But yeah, so that's um, that's out this uh, 12th of March this Friday. So, but it's it's, it's obviously it's a much quieter song, it's a much gentler song. And um, the last two, it wasn't like this. No, it's just in the library, but the song's quite so beautiful. It's just quite a song. Yeah. No, I completely agree. It, it does create, you know, particularly what. Sarah's done you know it adds that extra kind of element that it really needs and to, it goes so well with the softness of your voice yeah. I'd say I mean, as, as you know as a songwriter they often say a song from you or through sometimes when it comes from you you have to kind of work hard at it to craft it and it can stay it when it comes through you it just kind of arrives you just start writing and you, you know you might have a few bumps but by and large it just kind of happens by itself and recording a production can be the same way yeah um, sometimes you you know every story was a difficult birth for a production and everything was against us uh, working remotely, you know, things that we would have sort of, sort of said, actually, this way or that way, that way, maybe or shared ideas together in the studio just couldn't happen. And you can only go back and forth so many times, you know, before you say, look, that's going to happen, how it is. And that was a real tough birth. Um, and completely the opposite is true with when you knew. It was kind of, we got Sarah's part. And it's unusual where we've done, for example, you mentioned Hold My Hand and uh, that is an acoustic guitar and a cello. Yeah. Um, recorded in this room, as it happens, and recorded the cello is there. And, <laughs> you know, it, it's... Um, and that weaves in and out. So a lot of the time the cello isn't there, and it takes centre stage in the middle of the song and then drifts back to the company. Um, without you, with a pedal steel, it's the same. Yeah. That was the last track of the EP. Um, with this track, Sarah recorded parts all the way through so we could decide where and when we wanted. And in the end, 
is all the way through the track. Now, it's very, very, it's a testament to how wonderful Sarah is that you can have a part like that all the way through the track and it never feels too much. Yeah. It feels like it's supposed to be. And I said to me, when we were mixing it, I said to me, Judge, we stopped at one point and I just said to him, you said, you said to me, it's actually more like a duet. Yeah. Mm. And complete testament to to, um, to Sarah's playing. It, 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 the production just kind of happened by itself, and we both got to the end. And, and in truth, there's there's two parts. There's choice a little bit part of both for me. The acoustic guitar sort of carries it along, and a little bit of bass for that to go the song, and that's it. And it got to the bit we were listening to. It, listening to what else? Is it? What else? Is it? What else? Is it? What else is it? No. Don't need anything. <laughs> it's just kind of looked up for itself. And, and that rarely happens when you're recording stuff. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I mean, ultimately, what you want is when you're writing a song, particularly, you know, a song like that where you're talking about, you know, the whole kind of concept of an argument and then coming, you know, when you do come back together and you want it to sound as as full but as long you know how do i word this i've got it in my head you know you want to create that kind of like fishing line for people to come in and to kind of draw people in and i find that the way everything is composed together it does you know it feels very well-rounded it feels very it feels very well done and it's just it is just such a beautiful, beautiful song. I mean, every time I've heard it on the radio now, it's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've kind of, it's, it's very, it's very different style of singing. I honestly don't know. It, it, it was a bit kind of, seat of the pants in as much as it wouldn't you know the last two records we put out were both you know, big teams full band up tempo stuff and uh, big happy songs and um this one as i say wasn't supposed to really be a single we recording as part of the bucket of group songs and once we had sarah's part and we were to be kind of mixed we're like this, this actually does sound like a single it could we do could we get away with this as a single in as much as would it actually excite people enough to, to listen to the sing. And, and uh, so far, the reaction has been humbling. It's just been wonderful. Yeah. So, yeah, we've been really chuffed with it. And, um, can't wait for the other stuff. In, in, you know, in, it's like everything else. It's, it's you know, as, as this comes actually out in, in regular distribution, you're actually in the midst of working on the next thing. You know, that's, yeah. that's the other thing about. I mean, I can't believe you've just done that to me. I mean, just by saying that alone, you know, the fact that you was you wasn't sure whether this should be coming out as a single, you know, to me, the first thing that goes to my head is okay. Then if you're wondering if this should be a single, bear in mind, I think this is amazing. What's everything else going to be like? It's going to be like next level. Myself, self up for a full Well, we and now we. This is where I suppose, you know, we're not 21, right? That's pretty obvious. And Really? What, no. <laughs> you know, let's get that out of the way. 
um, confessional and everything. Um, we were brought up making albums. Yeah, you know that that, that that's what we what we've done in the past. Films and stuff like that. Um, and we're now in a kind of slightly odd position. Now, interestingly, um, I doubt I might point this out, but back in the sixties, it was all about singles. Yeah, that's all that happened. That all that really mattered. Yes, we did albums, but it was really about singles. And then through the seventies, eighties, nineties, it was albums. You know, all, all the way from. I wasn't going. <laughs> I was more like you know, in the seventies, you had like uh, Super Trooper by Adam was absolutely massive. And that's awesome. You know, Tapestry. You know, all those great seventies albums and and. Rumours and, and massive, massive stuff like that. Uh, through the 80s, through the 90s, definitely maybe, and, and, you know, and, and, and you know, Park Life and all of that kind of stuff I really loved. And then, you know, it's funny you say well, definitely maybe, because... Wow, look at that. That's a piece you need to look after. So, yeah. Out of all the Oasis albums you could have gone for, it's the one that I've actually got yeah, I just made, that one. So yeah, and then we, we got into the sort of twenty the noughties and the twenty tens and all of a sudden the stream coming along and stuff like that. We're back to singles again. And we've we've had this discussion with the different artists actually in different ages and sort of you know, what, what their view is. For us, an album is it is a body of work that is all the time. Yeah. You know, you kind of remember where you were, what's what you were doing that summer when you had that. Um, and it has to be something you can grab hold of. You can, yeah, it, it means something. And, and we probably will do this one. I'm going to gone as well. Um, I've got a, a couple of friends who own record shops who wouldn't forgive us if we didn't put it out. Well, I was, I was literally, you've literally taken the words out of my mouth, Victoria, because the fact that you, you, li- you listen to things like BBC Radio 2 and Popmaster with Ken Bruce, and you hear people talking about, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s, and sometimes in the 90s, how vividly people can remember the answers to that. But that's because we used, you know, used to be able to get albums, used to get CDs, used to get tapes, and people remember each moment they got the first, you know, they went to the shop, they went to buy it, they took it out of the sleeve, they took it out, and, you know, then it's looking after it all. And, you know, music, obviously, streaming and the likes of Spotify and Apple Music, you know, as great as it is for increasing the reach to a wider audience, you lose that kind of feel with physical music. You know, albums and CDs create that physicality to it. Yeah. It isn't, and we try and do that with, with artists we know, you know, Pesley's recently in the Rising Stars album, you know, if, if we know they're putting out physical disc, we'll, we'll order them up because it, it, is, it is a tangible thing. And, you know, it, I guess the way we look at it is that Spotify basically is advertising. Yeah. Um, it, it's just an advertising. You're, you're basically paying for advertising as much as it costs you money to make the record. You put it there and you get no money back. That's a bit of your pain to get it out there. Whereas what we really like to do is entertain people because if, if you can't hold the physical thing, 
so you can hold mental memory of it. You know, we've all got those kids who went to other affairs, but it was just something magical happened. And those are the things that you go to your, you sit on your rocking chair and you're, with your Jack Daniels when you're 95 years old. And, oh, I remember those days you know, when I saw something. You know, and, and taking, and several people have said to us, you know, they come to kids, they buy CDs, not so much to play. Some of them don't even own CDs, does it? Yeah. And they collect them as members, you know. As, as, but, yeah. and, and, but weirdly, um, you know, I think the, the point of putting out vinyl, just outside our door here, got my mini collection of antique audio stuff <laughs> and we have a 1950s Gansett valve powered record player yeah basically when we have to go to gym yeah we'll have that playing and it's funny it just makes you smile yeah you know by hi-fi standards it's pretty grim, grim and rope and cracking and all of that but it just makes you smile it's, it's a it brings back so many wonderful memories it's so tangible well, we talk about actual physicalities of stuff. Now, what I want to lead to now is your merchandise. Because mm-hmm. one way of a artist to be able to fund the next singles or albums, you need to, you know, it's, it's about the sales. It's about investing a lot of your own money. And it's about merch and ticket sales. Obviously, we can't have ticket sales at the moment because of this pandemic. So merch sales are like the next best thing really because a lot of that does go back to the artist unless you're paying yeah. for like services with other printers and that that's a whole new kettle of fish but looking I've, I've just had a quick look through your merch i love i i love a good merch and <laughs> i can't wait till payday i mean i'm skint already <laughs> <laughs> but i mean the coloring on particularly the male t-shirt i I'm, i love it you know, we had long discussions about that. I was, I, as anybody who watches our YouTube, we did a, a YouTube channel, we put out a video every Friday. Um, and as anybody who has ever watched that, if they're unlucky enough to watch lots of them, then they're a big fan of a t-shirt. And um, and this this one, the Anderton's Music one, is actually one that Victoria bought me for my birthday a couple months ago and just arrived today. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah, so I'm a big fan of a t-shirt. But I was determined not to have a black t-shirt. Yeah, and not because I don't like them. I've got loads of them, um, but just because I thought we ought to do something a bit different. Um, and also, we, we're really trying to have a different, a proper lady style, which makes stock control that extra bit interesting. But you know, <laughs> <laughs> but actually, no. I, I think um, it was interesting. Uh, someone commented about the CD sleeve for the tips in a jar. I said, you know. So many of them don't come shrink wrapped and stuff like that. I remember seeing um, a documentary of some of the guys from Apple. And if you've ever if bought an Apple for an iPhone, that's what iPad. When you open it, it, it it's kind of drags. It takes a while to get the lid off. Mm-hmm. And they do that on purpose. Because having built up to spend that money on that thing, they want you to enjoy the moment of being super professional. And that's, you know, that, that stuck with me, which is why we did things like swing back and forth, CDs and things, to, to make sure that it's proper when it arrives. You know, don't find it the but, full you know, experience. Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, I've I've just recently upgraded my iPhone, and you're so right. I mean, the whole lifting of the box. Even, I know I've got a 12 Pro Plus Max, whatever it is now. And yes, it doesn't come with an Apple plug. I know I'm going to get stick for because I've got it because it hasn't got an Apple plug. But who cares? I enjoy taking the box off and I enjoy peeling the bit of film. And oh, I want a new phone now just to do that again. Yeah, there's a scene we're big fans of the Big Bang Theory. Yeah. And there's a scene where Howard lets Raj peel off. Oh, no, that Raj lets Howard peel off the, uh, the, 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 the bit of cellophane on the front of his new phone together. And it's like a real couple's moment, you know? Yeah. The, <laughs> like the ultimate couple. <laughs> Howard and Raj are just so great together. I mean, there's so many friendships out there that you do have a close, you know, you do find that friend that you do connect with in that level. And, oh, they've got it so right, that scene, just that. <sighs> yeah. It, it's, there are so many, we, we, we've seen the whole thing, I think, four times. Mm. Every episode, four times. It's it's quite for the BCMA asked us to be part of the calendar this year, which is very generous, very lovely. And they sent us, you know, he sent us a picture and answered one of these three questions. And you know, if you've seen the calendar, you know, I'll talk about it. Oh, there it is, right there. Look at that. I got another piece of great radio. <laughs> but the, um, uh, yeah, what well, is one of the three questions? And one of the questions was, what's your after gig ritual? And we both got what well, yes, question, isn't it? Yes. Whiskey and cheese and biscuits and big bang theory. <laughs> cheese and, I mean, now I fancy cheese and biscuits. I mean, I've, I've started doing okay. Slimming World again. And I've got to reduce the amount of, like, cheeses and, like, carbohydrate stuff like biscuits and really really nice stuff like i mean i'm a massive fan of jacob's cream ca- uh, cream crackers oh, oh you're amongst friends here oh i love a cream cracker oh. i'll eat them dry. yeah I, I, I keep eating. people think i'm weird for doing that but i could just no, no, no. <laughs> it's perfectly normal <laughs> all right i found my new drinking buddies there we go that's it jack daniels and uh, yeah dry cream crackers we're in I mean, I've got a bottle of Jack Daniels here that I don't want to open yet. I got it for Christmas, and I don't—I've not seen it personally. It's a blue bottle, limited edition, yeah. number six apparently. Number six, yeah, it's very good. Have you? Yeah. I'm about to say, have you tried it? Because I don't want to open it because it's blue, and one of my favourite colours, as you can see, is, is yeah. Blue. But yeah, it's, yeah, that that one's quite mellow. Um, whereas, for example, Gentleman Jack is quite It's quite full-bodied, kind of almost peaty. You know how. Um, like some of the single malt whiskies, like uh, uh, Bowmore and Lagerbullen, are very, very heated. Yeah, almost takes the blends. Gentleman Jack kind of goes that way, and only a little bit, but it's not that Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> See, like the single malts that I'll drink are like Monkey Shoulder, you know, stuff like that. Uh-huh. that I think I was that, that's what I that's what I toasted Kezia on on the uh, Bells and Girls UK Country Music Spotlight Awards, mm-hmm. and that that just went down so easy. It was so nice to drink that. I think Glen Morant is probably my favourite single malt. Although one of the ones that comes up quite affordable actually is very good is um, Highland Pub. Yeah, so really quite like that. Actually, I'm not, I've, I've got a couple of Scottish friends who are really into their large buildings and the pan and that kind of thing. 
See, the one that I couldn't get, I, the one that I'm not a big fan of, though, I've got to say, is Glenn Fiddick. I just can't. No. Don't get that too. No, I think it's a bit. Hey, they give you money. See, you've got like there's a, yeah, I mean, there's, the trouble is when you get into that, there are some beautiful, like special editions and things like that. You know, the trouble is when you get a world of biscuits, oh, it's a world of pain because once you've tasted the good stuff, you don't want to go back. Yeah, weirdly, that's the weird thing about Jack Daniels. It's kind of it's nice to taste those special editions, but I don't think I'm fine as well. Yeah, but actually, you go back to the never, never disappointed. Yeah. Thing is, though, whenever you speak to somebody about going out to drink, it's either like vodka and lemonade or Jack and Coke. You know, if you're going out to town, if you don't want to drink beers because you want to have a longer night, you usually go mm. for those kind of drinks. And it's such a solid, solid drink. You know, you can, if you want to mix it, you can mix it with anything you want. Or if you want to drink it straight, it's amazing straight. Yes, that was really popular. <laughs> Jack Daniels is what we're named after. That's yeah. where the name comes from. Um, it, it actually, I was I was in America and, and on the way home and um, in Los Angeles actually, and came into duty free. And I thought, oh, I just pop to see if this, you know, what the price is like. And they had a bottle of Jack Daniels, regular Jack Daniels, and a bottle of uh, honey yeah. Jack Daniels. Um, and it was like you know, a two for like 40 bucks or whatever it was. And it thought, you know, how about taking home a Tennessee win? And we were looking for a name at that time. And I just went, text Victoria's like, um, yep, found it. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. I mean, because that was going to be one of the que- start off questions was, you know, Tennessee twin, where did that come from? But obviously we went straight into it. <laughs> that is, that is, I like that. Literally taking yeah. what's what's around you physically. That is good. It, it was it was probably the only time airport advertising has ever been useful. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is that's really quirky. I mean, I've always I've always I've always wondered where it's come from. I mean, because obviously you're not from Tennessee, you're not twins, obviously, <laughs> and you know it's. I like it. I I like it. Well done. Good eye. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it is. I mean, we've, we've both been in um, bands. Choosing a band name is like choosing a company. So it, it's the most difficult thing you ever do. And of course, whatever you choose has been chosen before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> do you know, weirdly, <laughs> the first time we ever actually spoke to Kezia was. Uh, we had an email from a completely random. Oh, I think Facebook messages. Completely oh, random. Yeah, back in the really early days of Simon's show, she did a Facebook you know, and she, she, one of our records was coming up for whatever reason on playlist, and she looked us up and found this other potential thing. Yeah, really bizarre record. No, no, long, long gone. But, yeah, a really, really bizarre record. Something about Jesus is a pain or something. Yeah, I don't know it was. So that was the message we got. It's like, no. That's, that's not the first time that's kind of happened, though. I mean, my um, I chatted with Danny McMahon, 
And when you search his name, um, I can't remember where it came up, but there's a flautist called Danny McMahon. So a uh, flutist, flautist, I I don't know these words. Flutist. And I I just turned around and said, please tell me you play the flute. Because Ah. (laughs) it's an amazing instrument and I feel like it should be in like every every song it's just not used enough in life we have three practice yeah yeah absolutely yeah. yeah. we have uh, victoria can play most things yeah like, unless they have friends she's allergic to friends So I was brought up on brass. I, yeah. I, I, well, actually, I mean, I started off the first thing I ever, and I was very fortunate. My grandfather um, was a dance band musician in the 40s, and he was a baker by profession. And uh, bakers are a couple of things. Because, uh, he tried to join up in the army several times, but they were reserved occupations and weren't allowed to join up. So all the, as the story goes, um, all of the local reserved occupations who were also musicians, formed dance bands. And where we are in East England, there were just hundreds of thousands of airmen stationed around. And so they would travel every Saturday night and do dance bands, you know, in all these, uh, uh, these little air bases. Um, so he, he, he sort of got me into various things. Yeah. When I was young. And yeah, and then I, I ended up with a brass band. Um, and did migrate on brass. So we kind of traumatic areas. I figured out very early, well, I think I was about 14, and I figured out, you know, you weren't really pulling girls at 10 or 4. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a couple of shadows records that my parents had kicking about. And so I fell in love with Hank Marvin, the great Stratocaster. <laughs> With connections, so yeah, so and about fourteen or fifteen, I I, I finally got my first electric guitar, and, and yeah, a couple of years later, I got the first. Oh, no, I could probably get a scale out of one if I really tried, but yeah, but yeah, so we're fortunate. And I I've, I've inherited a couple of my grandfather's saxophones, found so and Andrew, yeah, which is you know and. and um, it's just lovely. It's just lovely things to happen. Now, in the next, not obviously not this album because you're currently midway through producing it. Although you could actually do it in this mid, this album. We we need to, we need some we need some brass and we need some flute. Well, See, the trouble is, every time I get to I, I think about the brass stuff on like a popular music, I'm all about it. I, I'm just, I don't know, I'm all I'm automatic and taken to, to Terry Wogan's full oh. brass. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it would be lovely to have, you know, to go and do some of these weird things and end like, like Fleetwood Max, um, what was that big record that did on Big Love? And they have a 
brass band that comes and I'm not going to a military marching band come on stage as the um, as the finale. Tusk, it is. It's Tusk. Yeah. I think. Um, and they and it's like usually the last one of the um, last one of the night, and then they have the big military, military band come on. You know, the whole of it. and it's like that's a proper budget. You can do that. Isn't it? You don't even get that down the dog and duck. Same damn dog. And oh if only though that, that'd be amazing just one day to be sat there and next thing you know flash yeah, mob you know a couple of choirs as well big choirs it'd be kind of fun to get them to sing some parts and Ooh. choirs in country don't unless you go to gospel don't really need it. yeah that was that was fun it was one of Victoria's, I've had a few wines ideas, I think. Yeah. <laughs> 22 parts of vocals in the book of the at the end of that song. Seriously? Yeah. yeah. It's, it, it's, it's a bit, because there's a line in that song, and that was the first line of the song ever to be written. I was in the shower at the time, which tends to happen quite a lot, but I probably got it. And, um, and, and the line was uh, a gospel church without the sound of glory. Yeah. And, and you know, meaning that some, some you don't often see, you know, you see a church on a Sunday full of people, hallelujah and so on, and then, then you see it midweek and there's no point. Like, it's a completely different thing. So um, that's, that was the first time that song was written. So Victoria came up with the idea, wouldn't it be kind of cool if you had that line in the last chorus actually quite, which would be difficult in normal times. I mean, you say you say it can be difficult, and you say that choirs and that kind of sound doesn't really go into country unless it's like a gospel-y kind of country. That's what we're here for, though, is to break the boundaries, break the mold, and kind of not follow what is the norm. But to create the norm. Yeah. And it's encouraging in the last few years to see people like Ashley McBride, people like Chris Stapleton, who are, on the face of it, by the regular formula, but are so damn good that you just can't stop good music. Yeah. And we're really fortunate to see both a number of times. Um, Saw Ashley McBride's first album, Nashville. In a boot, boot shop of, of all places. Really? First time, yeah, really. Um, it, uh, on Broadway, she was this was a few years ago. Before she really, she was still playing on the breakout stage at that point. We'd heard uh, it was the year after she first came here yeah. to the city. Yeah. And then, um, and, and Chris said to me, saw it at the South Stadium and in the street. We bumped into it. It's bouncer kind of. Pushed us out of the way. It's like, oi, what are you doing? And then it's, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but it's, yeah, it, 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 being philosophical for me. Um, <laughs> there's a line in, there's, there's an old, really dodgy 80s movie, um, which is a guitar player you have to watch, uh, called Crossroads. It's yeah. Starring um, Ralph And the soundtrack is done by Bright Eden and Steve Bright. Yeah, You've never seen it. It's just a brilliant movie. It's a feel good movie, of course, but there's an old blues musician in it that 
he takes out of an uh, institution in New York City to go take them back to the Mississippi Delta because uh, he wants to go, uh, go back there. And he says to Ralph Matthew, who plays the guitar, uh, music isn't about where you find it, it's about where you take it. Yeah, completely. And, yeah, I think from what you were saying just a minute ago, that's kind of how we view it. It could easily, if it comes to production, try and do it in the snaps and drum machine, the first verse, and all that kind of classic stuff you, you hear on the radio all the time. But we try. We try and get Yeah, real musicians, real instruments, as much as possible. No, absolutely fantastic. And I mean, if people haven't checked you out on Spotify already, or Apple Music, or even been to your website, just check you out check check type in tennessee yeah. twin click the follow button click add to playlist and you won't you won't regret it you really won't thank you we do our best that's all we can do <laughs> yeah absolutely i really really can't wait for everybody to hear you know for those who haven't been listening to certain radio stations at certain times when mm-hmm. you know obviously when when we move is being played be sure to get it pre-saved, get it pre-ordered, get it ready. And if you listen to this after the twelfth, and you haven't, if you haven't downloaded it already, what are you doing? What are you what are you doing? <laughs> Thanks so much, John. It's been absolutely amazing chatting with you both. Yeah, I, I absolutely. And 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 you know, if this lockdown means you know people like yourselves, you know. On, on remote calls and stuff, then you know, bring it on. <laughs> the one thing I'm really, really looking forward to, I mean, I've not met a single person yet in the country scene. Oh, Everything wow. has been through, you know, remote calling. And I really can't wait to meet everybody. There's going to be an awful lot of hugging then. Yes. For, for a good one. <laughs> There are many people we've been fortunate to meet, but there is a much bigger group that we've met through the last 18 months. Serio, we are very good friends. Donna, we're really good friends. We had actually met Donna a couple of times prior to the podcast. So many people we can't wait to meet. Yeah, well, it's like Simon and Charlotte. Um, I'm very good friends with them, and Rachel Selick, and... You know, Carl Kendrick and Linda Conway, all very, 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 you know, I'd, even, I'd say they were my best friends. And the fact that I haven't actually met them yet, it, it's almost like when you old, you know, old school pen pals and you'd send a letter over to the other side of the world and you wouldn't hear, you wouldn't hear anything until like two weeks later when you got a letter back. <laughs> it's it's kind of like that feeling, being stuck inside and, yeah, I mean, I really can't wait. I can't wait to give everybody a hug and I can't wait to see you guys as well. Absolutely. Social media, where can people find you? It's that, well, for the, most, for the most part, it's just Tennessee Twin or Tennessee Twin UK. It's one of the two. Um, we've often thought about trying to get them the same, but the only ones we can get to do make all the same, not ones we want. So. <laughs> <laughs> but Tennessee Twin or Tennessee Twin UK, um, we, we are mostly active on Facebook and YouTube. Those are a bit of big things. We do put stuff out on Insta and also on Twitter. But yeah, YouTube every Friday morning, um, we put out our sofa settings. That was another nutter here that Victoria had. 
she said, let's just like do a like a quick song, like from our from our sofa so often. And so we started that. Yeah. And then we put them out every week since. I think this is week eighty-four. Well, there's now yeah. a dedicated tab on your website. <laughs> yeah, well this <laughs> that's it. We just thought, you know, we'll we'll we'll, we'll just start to do these things and the first couple, you know, the production's a bit kind of weird. Um, yeah. But if you persevere, it gets better and better, I think. <laughs> but it's now, so the point, you know, the first 50 or 60 or so, we're all something kind of put out pretty easily. And then it got, we, we kind of thought, mm, we're running out here. So yeah. now we tend to learn a new one every week. Yeah, and, and often it's not, we have not actually played that song together until about 30 minutes before we record. <laughs> oh, the stress. I can I can feel the tension and stress and anxiety building up just before you switch the camera on. Well, it's, I mean, we, we, were all, we were both brought up in a situation where we put cheekers in front of you, off you go, you know, yeah. and you had to learn to say it. And you don't do it quite like that, but it's, uh-huh. it's not that hard at times. It, it, it's it's fun to do. It's cha- it's a challenge, you know. It, it would have been so easy to pick that this time, but we need to turn to do the opposite. Well, again, everybody, if you haven't been to the website, be sure to go to www. I can't, I can't even say that nowadays. It's like <laughs> all the W's. Simon, Simon Birds has got it right by just saying all the W's. All the W's, TennesseeTwin.com. And then just click on the Surfer Sessions tab and you can see them all there. And whilst you're on the website, be sure to click on that merch tab. Yes, please. That would be lovely. <laughs> oh, like I say, you know, I can't wait till I get paid again because the first thing I'm going to be buying is the tennis, the, the T-shirt. The, uh, <laughs> but we, you know, we, they all go first class. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on. It's been an absolute so pleasure. Well. And again, everybody, I'll, <laughs> I can't state this enough. When we move, 12th of March, be sure to pre-save pre-order now. And if you if we pass the 12th of March, get it in your playlist, get it in your Spotify, get it in your Apple Music, get it in wherever you listen to your music. And be sure to follow Tennessee Twin. Thanks, Victoria. Thanks, Jeff. And I'll see you all next time. Take care, and I'll see everybody next time. Bye for now. That was the Country Chat Podcast. Join Dom next time for exclusive interviews, reviews, and general chit-chat on all things country music.